Hey, it's Alexandra, Curious City Editor here. The midterm elections are less than a week away. Now, some of you have probably already voted early, but I'm going to guess that's not the case for everyone. And there's a section of the ballot that a lot of voters tend to skip or not pay much attention to. You probably know what I'm talking about. It's where you vote for judges. While that long list of names might be less familiar, the decisions judges make have a direct impact on people's lives. They decide things like custody agreements, whether someone gets evicted, or how long a person will spend in prison. Judges hold a lot of power, and once they're elected, they are rarely removed from office. Now, you've sent us a lot of questions about voting for judges. So to help clear up some of the confusion, we reached out to Injustice Watch reporter Maya Dukmasova, and she'll answer some of your questions next. Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Maya. Hi. So, Maya, just quickly before we kind of get to everybody's questions, why don't you remind everyone about the kind of reporting you do for Injustice Watch? Yeah, so I'm a reporter in the Injustice Watch newsroom. We're a nonprofit uh, news organization, and we focus a lot on the local court system. We write about the criminal courts, the civil courts. We write about immigration issues, also housing The other thing that we do is really kind of a civic portion of our work, which is produce this judicial election voter guide every election cycle for the primary and the November election. Which is why you are the perfect person to help answer all the questions that uh, we've gotten about voting for judges. So let's jump right in. Now, at the very least, before somebody heads in to vote, they might want to see a list of all the candidates that are going to be on the ballot. And this is a kind of a two-part question because they want to know, where can I get a list of candidates for judge in Cook County, as well as a list of all the current judges who are up for retention, meaning up for re-election? You can get all of those names by looking at a sample ballot for wherever you are going to be voting. So if you're voting in Chicago, the easiest way to do that is to go to the Chicago Board of Elections website. And on their site, they have a little tab for voting. And then you can go to your voter information, enter your address. It'll generate a sample ballot and you'll just see all of the names. If you're in suburban Cook County, it'll be the Cook County Clerk's website. So if you're interested just in the judges who are up for retention, Mm -hmm. so that's that part of the ballot that will be longest on this November uh, ballot. So it'll be like 60 people that you have to go through and vote yes or no to keeping them on the bench. So if you go to our website, injusticewatch.org slash judges, that is the home of our judicial election guide where every single judge that's on the ballot for retention in November is listed in the same order that they'll be on your ballot. And you have all of the information you need about each one of them, their backgrounds, and everything else that we include in our guide. And you can um, follow it there. Great. Okay, so that's really easy. Injusticewatch.org 
org slash judges. Sounds like that's going to be an important resource for people. Now, there are a lot of things that are confusing, though, on the ballot when it comes to judges. And one of the things that, you know, people often see is this long list of Cook County Circuit Court judge positions where there is only one candidate listed. What exactly is going on there? Does that mean nobody's running against them? What's that about? Yeah, so that's a great question because there's kind of two things going on on this November ballot when it comes to judicial elections. So first you have the people who are running for vacant seats. So the way that you become a judge is you have to first get elected to a vacant position. So a judge retires or resigns or passes away or loses a retention election and there's a vacancy. So Every election cycle, there are candidates running for those vacant positions. Now, this is Cook County, so usually 99% of them are Democrats. And the real contest for those vacant positions happens during the primary. After the races get decided in the primary, if there were only Democrats running for the vacancy, then, well, the winner is pretty much chosen in June. There is one place in Cook County in the 13th subcircuit way up in the northwest suburbs where there was a Democratic primary and there was in the Republican primary, there were several Republican candidates. So those two winners of those two primaries are on this November ballot in a contested race. But everywhere else for those vacant seats, you're just going to see a name and you can vote for them or not. But basically, those are the winners. The other part of the ballot is the retention ballot, which I mentioned earlier. And those are the judges who've already been elected. And every six years, they are up for re-election or retention if they're in the circuit court. And every 10 years, if they're in the appellate court or the Supreme Court. So people just have to vote yes or no to keeping them on the bench. And they have to get 60% yes votes to stay in their position as a judge. Okay, so people shouldn't be worried about seeing just one name in many areas of this ballot. All right. So while we're on the subject of circuit court judges, listener Thomas Hansen wrote in and wanted to know if you could help explain the difference between a circuit court judge and a sub-circuit court judge in Cook County, because those are two things that we see on the ballot. When people run for judge in Cook County, they can either run countywide. That means all of the voters in the county will see them in their primary ballot and in the general election, or they can run in one of Cook County's 15 subcircuits. So they're basically political subdivisions like a congressional district or a ward. And this way, the judiciary is diversified and more representative of the different neighborhoods and communities in Cook County. In the subcircuits, only candidates who live in that subcircuit can run for a judicial position that's open in the subcircuit, and only voters in that subcircuit get to vote. Whether you're elected countywide as a judge or from a subcircuit, that doesn't have any bearing on your assignment. So all judges, when they're first starting out, they'll get a low-level assignment, like in traffic court or doing marriages. Everyone goes through that kind of pipeline. They go to judge school and training, and eventually they'll be assigned based on their interest and skill set to a different part of the court system or, you know, geographically to a different courthouse. But if you're elected from a subcircuit, that doesn't mean you're going to be handling cases from that subcircuit or that you'll be assigned to a courthouse in that subcircuit. The subcircuits really only matter at election time. Wow. Okay. So there's so many terms and things to kind of keep track of, all this sort of legalese. Is there a 
trick? Do you have any tricks up your sleeve, Maya, of like how to help people kind of keep track of all that? Yeah. So actually this year, part of the guide is actually a glossary that you can use as you go through the guide. So when you are using the guide on the website or on your phone, as you go through each candidate's profile, there are legalese terms and different chord terminology highlighted in red. If you hover your mouse over it or click it, it'll give you a short little definition. And if you're using a print copy of the guide, you'll also see that glossary in the print guide. Okay, so all this has been really helpful. And after a quick break, Maya's going to answer a few more listener questions like, can you look up a judge's record and why you shouldn't just skip this part of the ballot? So stick around. Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I discovered authors I had never heard of and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. You know, when it comes to other elected officials, they're out campaigning, they have websites. It's pretty easy to figure out what their position is on any given issue. But when it comes to judges, it's a lot more complicated to kind of have a sense of how they might rule on any kind of case. So with that in mind, uh, listener Cynthia Chen wanted to know, when evaluating whether to vote yes or no on a current judge, what are the best resources available to inform one's decision? In Illinois, there are some pretty strict rules about how you're allowed to campaign. So judges and judicial candidates can't and shouldn't be answering questions about, like, you know, their stances on different political issues, you know, abortion or gun control or any of those things. You're not going to get, like, an answer, like, here's what I believe. The rationale is that they could be handling a case at any time that involves some of those issues. And if they're out there expressing their personal beliefs about these things, then it puts into question whether people are getting a fair hearing. So as you go through the guide and you click on the little info button for each of the judges or candidates, we'll have information on there about, like, what did they spend their career doing before they became a judge? How have they ruled on cases if they've had some high-profile cases? What do their colleagues say about them? What do the bar associations say about them, about their level of you know, qualifications and expertise? And then we also sent out a candidate survey. And most of the candidates did respond. And those can be very insightful because we asked the kind of questions in the survey that judges can answer. We've asked them about their community involvement, about their legal service, about their views on power. Um, how they grapple with the kind of power they have over people's lives. That's my favorite part of the survey, actually, because you can really tell a lot about a person, I think, in the way that they handle answering that question. And um, I think as you go through the guide, you can uh, look at their survey answers and get a good sense of who they are. You mentioned bar association recommendations. Is there something called the Chicago Council for Lawyers? Can people find those individually, look those up? How should people think about those other associations? Yeah, so for decades, uh, bar associations, which are basically lawyers groups, have been talking to lawyers about how those judges are doing. 
So every election cycle, they issue recommendations about whether someone is qualified to continue being a judge or becoming a judge for the first time. And the big groups here in Chicago that you hear the most about are the Chicago Council of Lawyers, the Chicago Bar Association. And the Chicago Council of Lawyers is actually part of a, a bigger group. They spearhead a group called the Alliance of Bar Associations, which includes like smaller groups like, you know, the Black Women Lawyers Association mm. and the LGBTQ Bar Association and the Hellenic Bar Association. All of these groups come together and they pull their resources and get volunteers to basically conduct interviews with people who know these judges about their level of professionalism in the courtroom, about how knowledgeable they are on the law. But in the Injustice Watch Guide, we actually include everyone's ratings in one place. There's a little like color-coded scale that's very easy to read to see if people have any negative ratings. But as you go through the guide, you can see how all the different bar associations have rated them. Now, you know, here at Curie City, we have a lot of listeners who really want to dig deep into things and do their due diligence. And we have been asked if somebody wants to look up a judge's record, you know, how they ruled on specific cases, where could they do that? Unfortunately, Cook County courts are not very transparent about these kinds of metrics. So there's no place you can go and get kind of like your baseball stats on each of the judges on your ballot. Even basic questions that we might have as reporters for the court system, like, okay, how many cases did this judge handle this year? How many of them, you know, the cases were dismissed? Even basic questions like that, we can't easily get answers from the court system about this. Part of the problem is that the courts are not subject to the Freedom of Information Act. The way that we handle this at Injustice Watch is we look to their appellate court reversals. So appellate court reversals of judges' decisions are very rare, but when they happen, it's important to pay attention to what they are about Mm -hmm. and how many there are. So for every single candidate, we go through and see if the higher court has undone any of their decisions in the last six years. And for the most part, most of the judges you're going to see on your ballot, they won't have any appellate court reversals because most of the judges you'll see on your ballot are not handling high profile cases where there's going to be appeals afterwards. But for the judges that do have an appellate court record, We have information about how many times they've been reversed and what the reasons for those reversals were. And we just published a story that I wrote last week uh, about one particular judge who's on the ballot in November, Charles Burns, and he's been reversed more than any of his colleagues running for retention this year. Um, He's had 40 reversals. So the article is also at injusticewatch.org, and you can read more about what were the reasons for reversals and which ones of them matter more than others. Okay. People should definitely check out that article. It sounds like a good place to get background information on that judge. Um, Before we let you go, here's sort of the big question of the day, which is what happens if you leave it blank, which is what a lot of people do, right? They get to that part of the ballot, they panic, and they don't fill in yes or no. How does that play out? Yeah, that's a great question. And Basically, if you leave it blank, that's not the same thing as giving a yes or no. But what it does do is that it narrows the overall pool of votes that are in play deciding about whether a judge continues on in their job or not. So 
in order to stay on the bench, the judges up for retention have to get at least 60% plus one vote. And when everybody votes, obviously the threshold for getting that 60% is higher. When a lot of people leave that part of the ballot blank, then that lowers the overall number of votes in play, which lowers the number of votes that people need to stay on the bench. So basically, if you're if you're not participating, you're changing the rules of the game a little bit. You're changing the threshold that is in play for these elected officials to continue serving the public. Maya, it's been really great talking to you, and I know this is going to be really helpful for our listeners. Thanks again. Yeah, you're welcome. This episode was produced as part of our collaboration with Injustice Watch. Curious City is produced by Jason Mark and Joe Dassault. Adriana Cardona-Magigad is our reporter. Maggie Civit is the digital and engagement producer. J.P. Swenson is our luminary fellow. I'm the editor, Alexandra Solomon. Thanks for listening. Before we start the show, we here at Curious City want to let you in on a little-known fact about WBEZ. 89% of all our funding comes from community support, including contributions from curious listeners like you. If this program has changed how you see Chicago, please consider supporting this program at wbez.org curious. Thank you. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.